Hey, party people. It is April the 11th, 2022, and the time here in Egypt is 8.16 P to the M. And I have survived another day of Ramadan Karim, and I am ready to talk about it. Okay, so today was um, a day of... The morning started out great. Um, but once again, around 1245, I started getting like hangry, like I had an attitude. I was snapping at the kids. Um, I was just hostile and I noticed there was a lot of hostility happening on the campus, like kids putting their hands on each other in ways that I had to be like, please don't do that. I saw one, uh, when I was walking home from school, There was this one little boy. He was waiting outside of the 7th and 6th grade corridor. And he was really angry. And his homeboys were like, man, just come on. He was like, no. And he looked really angry. So I stopped and waited for a little bit to just make sure there was no confrontation. And he finally got tired of waiting for whoever he was waiting on. And he went on his merry way. And then when I was um, outside walking to the accommodations, um, I saw these girls like surrounding this one boy and he was literally snatching his backpack from them and you know looking at this one little girl like keep your hands off my stuff and as much as this is normal aggressive behavior I found it to be a little bit off-putting because we're supposed to be in Ramadan so (laughs) we're in that moment where people are getting like aggressive with each other and you're supposed to remember that you're in a holy moment and your whole you know the whole point is to be able to um, discipline and restrain yourself from from the aggressive behaviors to be a bigger man and be a bigger woman and to align yourself with the ways of God so of course I was like whatever you know honestly It's a lot to put on children um, to expect them to be mindful that that's what's going on. So um, that was pretty much my day. I've been floating through it. I've been floating through this whole whole process, just really, you know, being uh, aware that it's happening, you know, and every day that I say I can't do it, like today I was literally like, I'm hungry. Like that was my response to everything. Hello, Miss Kamika, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm hungry. Miss Mighty Miss Kamika, how are you doing? I'm hungry, you know. Miss Kamika, how are you doing? I'm hungry. That was just it. Like, I'm hungry. Um, and not hungry like I can go pray this off, like I'm hungry. <laughs> but then I'll get home. And of course, I'll go just go to sleep. <laughs> just just go lay down. And if you can't lay down, if laying down doesn't solve it, then break your fast and eat. So um, once again, I've just been really lucky to make it through another day. Um, but another thing that I have noticed is that I was pretty social today. Um, I sat with my roommate and sat with her for like an hour, maybe even two hours. And we just talked like but we don't ever talk because I'm constantly like coming straight into this apartment and going into my room. But she's sounding a lot better. The cough is gone. I don't know what she took or whatever. But after two and a half weeks of her coughing and sniffing around here and sneezing around here, she finally um, I think whatever she had, it has passed. Thank God, honey. 
Um, but yeah, we sat up and talked and, you know, just shot the shit. Um, and I did the same thing with, um, David, uh, Zelnar, the writer that lives here from Florida. Um, we, he caught me coming back to the accommodations for my break and, um, he smokes cigarettes. So I went and sat with him and we talked while he smoked and it was a pretty cool conversation. He's Polish. So, um, we kind of had this like minor conversation about him being Polish and, you know, being one of the ones that Hitler and the Germans would have killed. And I was like, not only if you would have told him, because <laughs> you still a white boy to me, but you know, it's, it feels good for me to be able to have people in my life who I can be totally honest with. And they just kind of shake their heads now, irregardless of what they think about me, but you know, when I'm not around, it's uh, pretty cool that I can just be this honest and laugh at my own jokes or not and keep it moving. Keep it moving. It just feels good to have a voice and to hear my voice and to feel it in my chest, you know, feel it in my chest. Um, so that's really what's going on, y'all. Um, we have a, um, you know, let me stay present. Um, my students are hanging in there. Um, my intensive class, they're becoming candy junkies, you know, miss, do you have a Laffy Taffy? Bring me a Laffy Taffy, miss. And one of my little ones, he, um, oh my God, he's like, he, I, he acts like a junkie. He literally acts like a junkie. Miss, do you have some candy today? And I'm like, no, I no candy. I didn't bring any candy. You didn't bring any candy, miss. He'll do that. He'll. You didn't bring any candy, miss. And then he'll pretend like he's going to hit me. Now, here's the thing. I don't budge. I don't dodge. Because the day that he actually even thinks of coming close to me, I already know, y'all. I'm going to snatch him. I'm going to grab him. And I'm going to shake him like one good. And then I'm going to let him go. Because <laughs> it's only so many times I'm going to let you pretend like you're going you gonna to hit me Because I don't have no candy for you And he'll like swing But like right when he gets to a point where the swing is like coming at my face He'll back up And he'll like It's just it's a weird little dance that he does But he's done it twice He did it today and he did it one day last week And at first I was like is this, Are you pretending like you're going to hit me and he'll be like, he'll just start laughing or whatever. But I think he's um, going through this this tough boy phase. Where I, and, and the funny thing is, I don't think he does it to just me. I think he's becoming, and this is what happens to a lot of kids who don't really, you know, have foundation um, in a certain way. Like they don't have nobody checking them. They get to a certain point where they start talking back. And whoever the responsible adult is in their life... If that adult is not checking them, they continue to kind of get worse with that behavior. So this is one of the kids who like he'll pretend sometimes we'll be in class and he'll pretend like he's smoking cigarettes or something else. I don't know. I don't care. But I tell him all the time, don't do that. Don't do that in Miss Kamika's class. That's not who you are to me. And I don't really um, I'm not interested in seeing you do that. It doesn't make me feel good to see that you're pretending to smoke because that's not a good habit. Now, that's funny coming for me who got to smoke and got to enjoy it. But I didn't pretend smoking in front of adults. I never did that. So I, I'm starting to get that with these kids where they, you know, they take their pens, their ink pens and 
put them in their mouths or they'll take a piece of paper and roll it up and sit there, you know, like they smoke. But I'm not surprised because a lot of people in Egypt smoke, like a lot of people, like people who you wouldn't even expect to smoke. You'll you'll go into the little sitting area where the smokers go, which is where I got to go today, which I had never been in there. I thought it was a place where the workers on the campus go to pray. It's where they go to smoke. People go to smoke. So, yeah, so, you know, this little kid, um, I'm having to watch him and really reel him in. I'll probably have a talk with him tomorrow. Um, He needs my attention. Um, As a matter of fact, last week I had brought to the class's attention that this young man is the only young man who asks questions. And I tried to keep teaching, and he was like, wait a minute, miss, wait, miss. And he was like, what do you mean? Does this mean, does this good thing, this bad thing that I, that I do this, that I ask questions? I said, it's a very good thing because there's no way you can get answers if you don't ask questions. You know, y'all sit here and listen to me teach these lessons. And even when we shadow teach, I'm not really sure if you're learning. But <clears throat> when you show or example curiosity, I know that you are getting the information that you need, which makes me feel good. And that made him feel good to know that. I noticed that he asked questions and that he asked really good questions. Like he'll he'll stop and ask comprehension questions, which he needs to because his comprehension is weak. And um, today is today is Monday. So on God, I can't believe that was last Thursday. On last Thursday, we were working on grammar. And we came across this sentence, and I had the kids read the sentence. It was a sentence about a horse. Um, It says something to the effect of, so it had the horse's name, which was like Silver River. So it says something like, Silver River, the thoroughbred chestnut stallion frowned when he went, when he saw the stall. It was something like that. So they were supposed to put commas in the sentence where commas were supposed to go and something dawned on me I don't know what it was it was just something that was like hold up because we've been going through this every week we do the same lessons every week and I don't mean like the same lessons but like on Mondays we do the certain we do a certain thing on Tuesdays we do a certain thing on Wednesdays we do a certain thing so this was on Thursday we were in our grammar lesson um and we were talking about commas and I don't know, it's weird how sometimes I can just go through the motions and then other times something will go, wait a minute. Because, and I think it's a lot of times it's with the behavior. So I have started having behavior problems with them. And normally when I have behavior problems, I just go get my candy. I'm just like, let me get some candy, get somebody to get some candy. And that'll normally carry me for like three weeks where everybody's like, do you have candy? And I'm like, no, but are you learning? Yes, they are. So and on this particular moment, I stopped. And I said, what's important about Silver River? And nobody knew. They couldn't even. I said, do y'all notice that Silver and River both have capital letters? And then one aunt, one of the little girls, she was like, oh, it's a proper noun. I said, so what can it be? And it was, they got, all got quiet. Not really sure, you know, what a proper noun is. Um, but these are my intensives. So intensive students tend to be what I'm thinking are students who have a learning curve. Like, like I'm telling y'all, like a couple of them have comprehension issues. 
a couple of them, you know, they're just the they're the language barrier. Their reading is still um, not up to par enough for them to be able to read and comprehend what they're reading when they read it. They're still like mispronouncing a lot of basic, you know, English words. Um, and sometimes there's a delay in how they respond. So it's a very small class, but it's intense. <laughs> That's why they call them intensive. It's intense because the attention spans are short and, oh, my God, y'all. It's it's a funny class. Anyway, so they're like Silver River, the thoroughbred. So I'm like, what's a thoroughbred? And I tell them, just guess. Just tell me what you think it is. So some of them are like, it's a car. It's a feeling. And I'm like, no. And then I said, what's a chestnut? And I think long two of them knew that a chestnut was a chest was an actual nut, like a peanut or a walnut. So we only had. And then I said, um, chestnut stallion. What's a stallion? Nobody knew. What's a stall? Nobody knew. So I brought it to their attention that there's only one word in this sentence that we know. Which means we have no idea where to put these 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 um, commas. Not only that, because we don't know any of the words in the sentence, this sentence now has become foreign to us. And a light bulb came on in my head because I have been teaching these kids for three whole terms. And this entire time, I'm definitely sure at this point that they have been trying to answer questions in grammar they have been trying to answer questions in comprehension where they are just totally guessing because they have no idea what's in the sentence and I am like oh my god oh my god oh my god you know like shit these kids um but let me say this too the way that the the and this is not in my defense but Honestly, the way that the curriculum is set up, and right now, because it's Ramadan, we the days are shorter, so it's more information, and you got a shorter period of time to teach it. So I learned that lesson today. I mean, I learned that lesson last Thursday. Well, anyway, um, once we kind of went through this sentence and learned what the elements were, so Silver River was the name of the horse. I told them that a thoroughbred was a horse. And once I told them that a thoroughbred was a horse, so then they became like, well, why is a thoroughbred a chestnut? And I was like, well, they're talking about the color. A chestnut is a nut, but it's talking about the color of the of the horse. Oh, I know what it was. It said Silver River, the chest, the Silver River a thoroughbred chestnut stallion with a white diamond. The horse had like a white diamond-shaped patch of, it wasn't even white. It said alabaster. With a diamond alabaster-shaped stripe on his face frowned when he saw the stall so it just, basically it had all of these words in it that the, the, the students just didn't know it was all these adjectives and 
it was just crazy. But they just didn't, they, they had no idea what the sentence was. And in that moment, we all connected. Because once we figured it out, I had to tell them. There are probably a lot of times that y'all are reading sentences and you have no idea what the sentence is. And you're not asking me. You're not asking the question. You're just going through and answering it. And I have one little student who's, he's an I know student. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know, but he has this pride about him to where he doesn't want want to tell you. And he wants to sit up there and act like he's figuring it out when you know there is nothing going on upstairs. He's just like procrastinating. And he does it all the time. He'll go, no, miss, wait, wait, miss, no, 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 let me do it, miss. And he just starts staring at the board. (laughs) And he has this look like he's a college student. But then you give him, like, literally, if if I just stand there and let him stare at the board, he'll stare at it for, like, 20 minutes if I let him. So I always have to cut that off and just tell him, listen to me and learn. Um... But yeah, that was the breakthrough moment. So bringing that all the way back around to today, um, we were doing comprehension and um, I had the information on the board and all that. I gave them each a question and we were answering the questions. Now, mind you, there was a paragraph on the board. I read the paragraph and marked all the answers. So all the students had to do was really match their question with whatever was highlighted, which means now you don't even have to really read what's up there. You just got to look at what's highlighted and match it to your question. So I had to give it to them for homework because we couldn't get through it in class. So we'll see tomorrow. But all that to say, I'm taking some candy with me tomorrow. And I know y'all are like, why are you taking candy when the kids are supposed to be fasting because they have a will the kids are like no just bring it to me and I'll eat it when I get home tonight like they really do like they take Ramadan really seriously so I'm like okay whatever but one of the things that I'm realizing is that between the religion of Christianity and the religion of Islam I'm pretty comfortable just being a child of God. It's a lot of ritual. Like, I don't believe that there is a religion out there that anybody is wholly, like, evolving themselves in. I think what's important is your relationship with God. And I know this statement is probably going to unsettle a lot of people. And I'm okay with that. Because what I know to be true is I am a person who was baptized as a Christian who has separated myself from the church, but not from scripture and not from my relationship with God. And in order to really know God... I have to know myself. And in order to really know myself, I have to know God. I have to know the source from which I came. And I have to be aware of what I bring to the table, which is all this DNA, right? All of this DNA. A little bit of Calvin, a little bit of Virginia, a little bit of Brady, Bertha, Louise, Adolphus, Anna, 
uh, Mama Matt, Papa Howard, like all of this DNA, which ultimately leads me to the source. Okay. And the experience of religion is what I bring with me. And I have a really healthy experience in religion. Um, And I'm thankful for that because I was in the church when I needed to be. Um, As a young person trying to figure out, you know, the transformation of childhood to, to adolescence, adolescence to young adulthood, young adulthood to adulthood. And being able to be comfortable enough to go into a church and immediately get whatever it is I'm supposed to get up, get in there and come up out of there. And to be open enough to fellowship with another religion to share in the praise of God. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't finna make no, like, major, like, statement. I was just like, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to, like, experience something outside of what, I've, what, I, what I know. And because I think if I, ha- if I was still in the church, I wouldn't have been able to do this. You see what I'm saying? Because religion teaches you that that religion is all you need. And you're not supposed to go outside of it. But how are we ever going to get to a point of, of, of real oneness? How are we ever going to get to a point of being able to really fix some stuff if we don't step totally outside of our boxes and experience each other in a way that I really think God wants us to experience each other? You can't be scared to live your life, you know? And I'm not saying religious makes, religion makes you afraid, but... Religion forces you to put up walls that I don't think you necessarily um, that that necessarily benefit you in a in a certain way. You know, nobody's asking you to convert. Nobody's asking you to to do anything other than go to another house and know God and be strong enough to know God. Not have to put up any defenses or anything like that. Um, I'm not in a mosque. I'm not, you know, in a synagogue. I'm literally just asking questions like, you know, what am I supposed to eat? How am I supposed to do this? Okay. And nobody's coming over here and, you know, checking on me or anything like that. It's just me being open to a new experience that is allowing me to know myself so that I know God and allowing me to know God so that I know myself. That's how I look at it. And I'm really thankful to be able to to be witness to this. But yeah, you know, if it's a lot of people that don't go to church on a regular basis anymore. It's a lot of us out there. And I'm just here to say, don't let that keep you from God. Just because you're not going to church doesn't mean you don't need to be reading the word. And that's whether you got a Quran, that's whether you got a Torah, that's whether you got Mayat, you know, you got to read your word because the word is the same. All God wants us to do is to take care of each other and to live by the doctrine that is inscribed in those pages.
and I have a Maya, I have a, I have a, I have a Bible, I have a Quran, I have Mayat, and I have, what is it, the, um, I can't even think of the other one that I have, but they all pretty much lead me in the same direction, which is be good, be good, be good, be fair, be good, um, mind your business, serve, keep your hands to yourself, violence is not the way, love is the answer, support those who support you, love your culture, feed the needy, you know what I mean, like be good, it's not that hard, but what's hard is, you know, not being connected, Getting lost, not being able to find your way, and then lending yourself hmm, to the world, <laughs> you know, being in the world, being of the world, being worldly, valuing possessions, not being able to let go. Yeah, so um, that was today, and I feel like we're in a we're just in that mode right now because this is day nine of the fast. We started on the second, so this is day nine, and I think right now we're just gonna move through this little area of aggressiveness to where. Now it is really settled into the body that food is not going to be coming the way that it was coming. So the body now is going to start to truly rebel, which is going to affect your thinking. It's going to affect your overall mood. And now I think is that time where my body is really like starting to struggle for me to make sense of this because this isn't habitual you know my kids are even like oh miss this is normal we'll be okay and I'm like well it's not normal for me because my body has never done this before my mind has never been through this before my will has never been through this before now as good as it feels for me to feel myself push myself like, I, there's literally a voice in me that's like, you got this. Go ahead. You got just Go lay down. Like, I'm always making these concessions. Like, well, go do this. And if that doesn't work, then eat. And to, up until right now, I haven't, I haven't broken my fast. And uh, the prayers are getting pretty good. I've been having to listen to T.D. Jakes, y'all. I love me some T.D. Jakes' word. Um, he's good. He's good. I just feel like, yeah, he's good. He's anointed, like. I, I like the way he do what he does. And like I said, I've never turned on some TD Jakes and didn't need it when I had, when I heard it, you know. So, but I'm also learning how to like be that for myself, you know, to just like I did a few minutes ago is to just say, this is who you are. This is who you need to be. And you just need to be steady in this space. 
You know what I mean? You don't have to give yourself into the world anymore, Kamika. You do not have to give yourself over to man. You do not have to give yourself over to ideologies. You do not have to give yourself over to rituals that do not serve you. You do not have to um, be in agreement with things that don't serve you anymore. And it's okay. That is your religion. So, tomorrow is another day that I hope to make it. I do feel like I'm going to make tomorrow because tomorrow is the only day that I have back to back to back to back to back to back to back back classes. I don't really have any breaks tomorrow. So, as long as I'm busy and then when 2 o'clock comes, I'll probably like come here and literally go to bed because right now we don't have internet in our in our room. So it's not much I can do outside of reading and praying <laughs> and writing. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm uh, starting to dream in the hours that I don't normally dream. Um, I caught a little bit of a snippet of something this morning and then kind of let it go. Um yeah, nothing's happening around me right now. One of my students, um, y'all got to hear her. She is now like, Miss Kamika, can we do a podcast? <laughs> and I'm like, girl, yeah, sure. Let's do a podcast. So I've been letting her uh, talk about things that she wants to talk about on my podcast, which is pretty cool because she has such great personality and she really has what it takes to like on some level succeed, you know, um, in the world with what what with the gifts that God has given her. Um, she's a great artist. Um, she's very opinionated. She's very animated, um, and she's you know she's working through her issues. She she knows how to really talk about what's going on with her. And I think on a certain level, I give her a platform for that. So I'm okay with that. Um, and it's cool. It's really cool to to hear her talk about her experiences and to have somebody who can kind of help me navigate some of my questions in regards to uh, what it's like to be in Egypt all the time or what it's like to you know, be a brown girl in, in, in the world, you know, she told a really amazing story today when we were talking about bullying. And, um, I just thought it was fascinating because we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do, um, with making sure that these kids are a given the truth about who they are and B, giving them the, the safe space to really kind of flush out these truths. Because a lot of these kids are growing up and they literally think they're white. They really, they literally, and I don't, I'm not saying that they think they're white. Like, they will say to you, I'm white. They don't know that they are cultural, culturally brown-skinned. They only know that through the aggression of separating themselves based on not liking being darker. So we got a lot of work to do, but you know, I'm here for the 
sometimes y'all i'm not gonna lie to y'all i'd be like let's just burn this bitch down let's just burn it down and and sacrifice ourselves and and hope that the next the next start over you know <laughs> that mother nature and god can come together and get it right you know because we man is just we're so full of fault we're beautifully faulty and it's um it's crazy you know waking up one day and realizing how beautifully faulty this world is because of humanity you know um and how we expect people just because they have money to save everything and it's like no all you got to do is use the the manpower that you have we're reading about hung wu and one of the things that hung wu did when he became emperor was he empowered all of his people to get free education it didn't matter you could have been 100 years old and you could go you could go to school for free now the process that he had it was real crazy but there were levels you know that you could get educated and the more degrees that you earn the higher your pay which is just like we do now but one of the things that this kind of sparked was during his reign there would be moments when it was first of all it was it was expected that neighbors help neighbors like somebody comes to your door hungry you feed them you let them in and you feed them and this kind of created this culture of taking care of the land so if you saw somebody picking up trash you didn't look at them and just pick up the trash you didn't look at them picking up the trash you then looked down around your feet and looked for trash to pick up and nobody should you know nobody was getting paid to do this it was just a a a, a culture of helping the neighbor and serving the earth by keeping the earth clean keeping the keeping you know keeping making the world a better place because you were chinese and this was right after they had gotten control of china after mongolian rule because the mongols were like oh my god they really like did a, a number on the chinese people so when hung wu um, began the Ming dynasty that was a dynasty of taoism it was a dynasty of uh confucianism it was a dynasty of you know uh love thy neighbor as you love thyself but it was also a neighbor uh, a neighbor it was also a dynasty of really intense discipline Hung Wu didn't play. He was like my way or the highway. But for him, that was what got China back from the Mongols. And that's kind of what I've been trying to say about these religions is that I see why they've been set up because people want to protect the people. People want to protect the land. People want to protect humanity people want to have ethics people want to have morals but the rules are very hard for the average human being to to follow it's a lot and you have to understand why but because we keep having generations and generations and generations being born you end up having a whole generation that's born that have no idea what it's like to be enslaved they have no idea what it's like to struggle they have no idea what it's like to to have to bury their parents because of war. So they grow up and they are hypnotized 
by what the world has to offer. So they don't care about their culture. They don't care about their land. They don't care about their family. They don't care about ethics. They don't care about morals. So all of these rules and disciplines for ritual, for maintaining connection, get lost. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that one either. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So, um, yeah, that's that was today. So we'll see what tomorrow is like. Um, when I eat, I'm okay. I'm okay right now. I've eaten and I am eating less. I eat, I now eat to where I'm not even full. I'm just satisfied, um, which feels really good. It feels good to just be like, okay, let me go in here and put something on my stomach. That's good for me. That feels good. That I know is, you know, gonna, um, be a good meal. It's gonna touch my palate just right. Um, I'm going to a Ishtar. Is it called an Ishtar? Ishtar. Anyway, the Ishtar is when you break the fast every day. And this week, we're going to like a big one, a huge one that's going to be at the Museum of Civilization. So um, it's, we got to dress up all fancy like and all of that. So I'm hoping to be able to do uh, the podcast from that space that night and tell y'all about all the other Egyptian food that I'm going to get to try. It's a couple of soups that I've been told about that I need to try. And my kids keep talking about the um, the dish of the rice wrapped in the leaves. Um, I'm excited about trying that as well. So that's what's going on in the parking lot. Uh, my writing is going well. I'm, I'm stable. I feel very, very... Um, whole I feel complete um yeah and I'm just you know happy to reside in the joy of the grace and mercy that I'm very thankful I have been um allowed to be um given in this life um so I will talk to y'all soon be good be good be good be God Peace.